Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we are joined by two of the best sports physios in the country. You heard me say it, that's right, and I'm prepared to back it. And they're here to tell you how to avoid injury and never see a physio. Sounds crazy, right? Well, stick around and learn how you can avoid it. What's up, tribe? My name's Rad Burmeister. I'm joined by Richard Lellis. Nalesh, I don't know your last name. Murti. Murti, Nalesh Murti, and Phil White. We are Unity Gym and the UMS. Phil White and Nalesh are the founders and owners of ADPT Physio. And uh, today we're going to be talking about injury rehabilitation and load management. And really the macro strategy, meaning the big strategy behind avoiding seeing physios or avoiding seeing them over and over and over again. It's going to be a really good discussion. And hey, if we haven't met before, we're the gym that teaches people how to move. We make people strong, flexible, and fit with our Unify movement system. If you've never uh, heard of us before and you're listening to this podcast, go and uh, download one of our free blueprints. There's a link in the description of this podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, you'll find a link in the description of the video and uh, see what we're all about. How are you today, boys? So well. Going well, mate. Going well. Really excited about this episode. This is basically, you know, the if we were to do one episode that would just help people never need to see a physio, never need to see us or anybody else, uh, this is hopefully going to be it. So we really just want to give you, uh, you know, five big sort of things that you can think about that are going to, yeah, really push you in the right direction for for being injury-free and performing at your best. 100%. A good, good, good framework to have before or while you're injured or you're not injured just to understand how your injury, your training, or anything you do um, to, to apply these with. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so for anyone who saw last week's episode about um, uh, the, the, you know, 100-point recovery system that Nilesh... Uh, uh, Nilesh. Oh, you keep going. Uh, <laughs> that did uh, last week with, um, uh, yeah, the recovery system, you know that uh, you're in for a treat here. So we're going to be bringing in some good examples from, from the sporting world and, um, and how to, yeah, apply it to yourself. So... Yeah, absolutely. And before we get started, we will uh, ask Richie, how, how are you going, Richie? Pretty good. I just got to turn my mic back on. <laughs> <laughs> are you as excited as we are, Richie? Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. No. All right. So, look, let's get into it because this is a, normally we, we, uh, we talk about these topics. We break them down into five daily topics. But today we're going to be getting through it all in one show. Yeah. And so, so just to, on that, next week uh, we'll do a deep dive into each of the topics. So yep. this is the good overview. But if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, then I'll be back next week talking about them all in detail. Yeah, for sure. And listen, if you want to know uh, why, you know, I said what I said about, uh, about Nalesh and Phil, I've been a person personal trainer for 17 years now. I've had a lot of injuries in my time and I've worked with a lot of clients that have had injuries. I've seen a lot of physios myself and I've had a lot of clients see physios. And in my personal experience and personal opinion, there are more physios out there giving bad advice and bad strategies than there are good ones. Um, I say that because I've been in this industry for long enough to be able to cut through the bullshit and see the people that are uh, that are giving really good advice. And these guys are two of those uh, two of those physios. And there's there's a criteria that I personally have for seeing any practitioner, a physio, a chiro, a masseuse, a sports masseuse, anyone. And in the very least, I want to see somebody that trains themselves. It's what I call having skin in the game or that trains athletes. And you guys both do, you guys 
fit both of those categories. You both train yourself, you both ride into your training and you both have worked a lot on athletes at the at the you know the peak of their performance. You know, Phil working with some of the uh, the highest performing um, power lifters and strongmen in the world. Uh, Nilesh working with the an AFL team called the uh, GWS Giants, is it, in Sydney? Yeah, that's it. Um, so these guys really have a lot of skin in the game. They know what they're talking about, and that's why you should listen to what they're about to say. And we're going to get started by talking about uh, why understanding pain science is so important for recovery and progress. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, the number one reason why people come in and see physios is not because they, uh, you know, want to generally, you know, perform at their best or anything. It's because they're in pain. Like, it's that's the real kicker that gets people to, like, finally go, oh, okay, I've really got to book in and, and, and see this physio. And often that's kind of where uh, people sort of think that the physio's kind of job ends is just to get them out of pain. But, um, yeah, it is generally the catalyst to, to get them in. But really, you know, what we want to do is try and help you help you deal with any pain you're in and then take you to performing at your best. But yeah, with the basics of pain science, um, just to not go, if you do want to go into a deep dive, do tune in uh, next Monday when we'll talk about it a lot. But I think the really key thing to understand is that pain is basically your body's expression of like perceived threat. Nilesh had a few kind of tips, points on other. Yeah, uh, well, they're, they're the three big, fa- or there are the big three facets of why people want to see uh, a lot of health professional. You know, you've got fear of pain, or most importantly, fear of more pain, because you, you don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got active restriction, you know, you're in the gym and you want to do more and you can't do it. And then you've got mobility, like you can't get sit in the car for yeah. too long, you can't pick up your kids. And they're the big kind of three facets of why people want to see a physio. So obviously they're the things we want to educate with pain signs or the cycle of pain signs going it's okay there is pain and um, there's a traffic light system which we'll dive into a bit later um the do's and don'ts and there's more do's and don'ts these days because you know we we go back 15 years a lot of don'ts don't squat you got a back problem don't don't pick up your kid you got a back problem don't sit down for more than five minutes you got a back problem so we're, we're going completely 180 here and we're actually getting people to move so the word immobility it's not used anymore. We're moving from the get-go. Yeah. So, and I love that because as a personal trainer, I remember how frustrated I used to get. Mm-hmm. If we go back those fifteen years or so, when someone would have an injury, I had no idea how to deal with it. I'd send them to a physio, and they'd come back with this puzzled look on their face, saying, oh, "I was told that I can't come to the gym for three or four weeks, and I've just got to lay down on my back and do some, you know, transverse abdominus activation exercises, <laughs> and not not knowing better myself of how to deal with." things back then and thinking okay well here's a physio who's far more qualified than I am and uh, practicing within their scope telling my client not to do anything with like and it was just so frustrating and then as, as my knowledge and understanding of how to deal with injuries increased I just got more and more frustrated when that kind of advice happened and it was happening even up until about five years ago I mean like what you guys are talking about um, I dare say that it's maybe not mainstream knowledge yet maybe there's some people out there that it's, it's certainly taught in physio now mainstream but the gen- the thing with research is generally takes about 14 years for mm. you know research to then like transfer into practice <laughs> there is a revolution yeah. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a revolution at the moment with this so. yeah but you see i mean like i see like i put it down to it's like doctors right you'll go to sometimes you go to a doctor and you get some really really newer ways of thinking and approaching things and then other time you'll go to a doctor with and i'm anyone on the podcast i'm putting my fingers in the air here with 35 years experience and they're talking to you about these outdated ways of doing things so experience doesn't always necessarily mean best advice sometimes in in my experience it can actually mean the opposite so yeah i love hearing that uh that this is a 
the, the, the newer school way of thinking because, um, you know, I love something that you've said on the show, Phil, that, you know, motion is lotion and, and it just makes so much sense to me. And, and I've had experience with some injuries where I've, I've gone, okay, I'm just going to do nothing on it and let it rest. Not a very good way to recover. No. Didn't do much for me. And then yeah. since I've been working with you guys, guiding me through some of my more recent injuries, I've had a much faster recovery and a much more effective recovery from taking this approach. Yeah. From and, okay, and, why, and taking this active approach does fit in quite well with the understanding of pain science. Because pain science, as I said before, the stream just crashed before, is your it's, it's entirely pain is entirely in the brain and it is your perceived threat so what that kind of means is if you've got a structure that has gone through um, you know that you've you've had an injury and you've got an acute injury pain is a really good idea because it tells you like hey this this structure is currently a bit compromised and it's a good idea to deload it but where pain starts to become not so helpful is when that pain sticks around so it, with you know muscle and, and bone healing that will take like you know from a from a minor muscle tear you know things could be kind of back to normal like in the, the body within a week or you know for a, a bone fracture you might be looking at a uh, you know a couple of months but once you've kind of got past those known like tissue healing times then really like if you've still got pain sticking around then then that's not a good representation of what's actually happening in your body so what can happen there is your, your brain um, is constantly getting signals from the rest of your body and there's no actual pain signals you don't have like a you know activate this nerve in a certain way and you will have pain what you have is just information and it's what happens at the spinal cord level and what happens at the brain that then has the output of a pain experience so that might seem a bit technical to everyone there but if yeah if you just try and think about like it's it really does come down to you've got lots of information coming in and it's about what your brain sort of process that is going to increase or decrease that pain yeah it's a big mismatch isn't it from what's actually happening to what's actually there and yeah and just quickly on that i think the best example that will, will hopefully make people sort of instantly sort of click with this is if you ever had the flu and you put on a t-shirt and it feels like your whole skin is on fire from the t-shirt even just touching your skin like it's so it feels so intense like you've still got the same nerves there you've still got everything you're getting that same information you normally would but because of the flu putting you in a state where you're now hypersensitive that's going to be extremely painful even though you haven't got something there that's actually yeah, damaging yeah. structures we i like using the amplifier um example so if you've had a knee injury your amplifier's at 10 and you've someone walks past it, someone's going to clip it, it's going to hurt straight away, even though mm -hmm. it's probably not hurting. Yep. So your body just, like you said, is hyper-sensitive to that area. And I think you're, you're like, okay, cool, what do I do now? I think being aware that your amplifier is dialed to a 10 is yep. already, you're one step ahead. Yep. And then going, oh, actually, you know what? I, it's okay to walk past people, actually squat, my knee won't hurt. You're already dialing yourself down to a seven, seven and a half already. Yep. And you actually done a session of squats and you're going, oh, actually, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Mm. Next morning, we wake up going up, you dialed yourself down to a five. You yeah. know what I mean? You've, you, mm. you, it's just awareness and perception yep. is what exactly. is the first it, step is for pain. If you know that pain isn't exactly related to how much damage you're causing your body, then you start to realize like, oh, okay, then, you know, motion is lotion doing these exercises isn't like you know going to be further damaging it's actually giving you trust in your body again and trust that you know this sort of these movements are normal and that your yeah. body is okay I, I think this goes back to our topic you don't need to pay someone to go hey am i allowed to squat yeah <laughs> you know you don't need to see if he's just say hey am i allowed yeah yeah what yep. we're trying to say is do the movement get into a rhythm if you can't go in the range you limit your range you can't lift that heavy you limit your load but guess what you're bringing those amplifier levels down 
Yeah. And you're already beating pain science. Yeah. So. Well, this is something that I've actually experienced firsthand working with both of you guys and that I've seen some of our members at the gym here experience firsthand working with both of you guys. And I'll talk about my personal experiences where finally, you know, enough having a slap tear on the right shoulder and then another one on the left shoulder. And both of the times you guys both gave me advice that was similar, which was talking about external rotation. And Phil, you were talking to me originally about, you know, training in a, in a position that didn't cause too much pain, strengthening that and then moving to a position that currently does cause pain, but you you increase that range, that pain-free range, and then you did the same thing with me recently on, on my other shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it has made me understand, wow, okay, so, because previously I probably would have gone, oh, that causes pain, avoid it, which I've now learned is definitely not the right strategy. And so this is something that, that I think if you're listening to this, you definitely want to be looking deeper into what your body's capable of rather than an all or nothing approach. And, you know, that's something that you can explore, like what Nilesh was talking about with uh, exploring different ranges or exploring different loads. So some people would, you know, we've had people that squat 80 kilos, they hurt themselves, and then they say, oh, I can't squat for a while. And I say, well, why don't you try 30 kilos or 40 kilos and see how that works? And they do that and they go, well, that doesn't hurt. I say, okay, well, train that. Because yeah. you know, sometimes it'll be the intensity, sometimes it'll be the range, and it'll yeah. depend on the particular injury. But that's something that you can kind of, you know. And those, are, and those are things that you are in direct control of yourself. Yeah. You are in control of the range that you go and you are in control of the intensity of the movement. You might not think that you are, but you are. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we'll dive into this in the next topic, but under-training is as bad as over-training. You know, yeah. You're setting yourself up to fail if well, you just go complete shutdown, put it in the park, take the keys off, yeah. and then you turn it on, let's go to gear six. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is perfectly... Um, you know, moved into the next topic, which is why most injuries are caused by poor load management, not by movements. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, there's like, it's a common thing that kind of, I think people come in and they're like, oh, you know, it's like this particular, you know, it's always like running just kills me. I'm not a runner or, you know, I can't, whenever I squat, I hurt myself or or something like that, where people get really hooked on sort of one thing is the reason why they've hurt themselves. And you say like, oh, okay, so, you know, how did you get into running? And they're like, oh, you know, I just went out and, Every day for a week, I just really want to improve my 5K time. So I tried to beat it every single day. And it's like, okay, well, maybe it's running. It's not the issue. Maybe it's, uh, you know, about like how much you, you've done. And it's just the same thing with squat. Like it's um, it's when people sort of push themselves too hard, when they change things too quickly, like that's the reason why people injure themselves. It's not particular movements generally. Yeah. 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 I think this load management thing, it's obviously a, a good top- topic at the moment, but it's no crystal ball of stopping injury, yeah. but it gives you confidence and puts in the right path to minimize any chance of a flare-up an injury or, or a setback um yeah i think it's been a feel earlier you guys use the tap or the mm-hmm. bucket example i use the glass of schooner or a mm-hmm. pint or a shot mm-hmm. glass which one are you <laughs> yeah you know um if you're a schooner well guess there's only so much you can absorb on a schooner glass and mm. if you train and you get your capacity up you're a pint and guess yep. what you can have a bigger bigger yeah. session than yep. it is so yeah, yeah. and just um, but that's a good example sort of seeing those examples before basically what the idea is that every structure in your body um and everything thing you're trying to do has like a certain amount of capacity of work you can do before the structure is then overloaded and, and starts to um you know have some maladaptive changes uh so you might be injured yourself uh and so an example there is if you you know if for this 5k running example if you haven't done much running before your capacity for running is going to be quite small so imagine a nice little small bucket and then imagine uh starting to run a 5k is you know 
turning on the tap in a pretty significant sort of way and then imagine coming back the next day and turning on that tap on even more, you're pretty quickly going to overfill your bucket. Um, so that's just an example. This is a, the analogy of your, your capacity um, sort of thing here. And where is it when you do the right training the smart way, the yeah. idea is that that bucket increases itself so yeah. the same amount well, of load you go from a you shop can glass to a schooner to a yeah. midi to a schooner to a, yeah. to a mine however, however you want to look at it yeah look Nilesh I mean you say that this isn't a crystal ball but at the same time it's been a revelation for me and I've been a trainer for a long time but I didn't know about this stuff and it really you know when I you know I was forced to look inward forced to look at my load management when I had these injuries recently and it just makes so much sense now and with the understanding of load management I've been able to rehabilitate some very nasty injuries in my body over the last couple of years from, from very bad load management, but I've been able to rehabilitate them without surgical intervention and get back to a pretty high performing um, level. So there's a, there's a lot in this, but, and it does, it does require some um, experimentation, right? Some mm, exploration. And it, and it definitely requires reflection because a lot of people say, yeah. Um, you know, how do I know if I've gone too far? And I'll say, well, well, you'll know because you'll be in pain or discomfort. But you have to use that as, a, as an opportunity to reflect back on what did I do? What did I do wrong? What did I do in the last week that was different to the week before that got me there, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it's, it's sometimes, you know, people can kind of get this quite right with their training. And if you, you know, you're tracking what your, you know, your sets and reps and everything on a spreadsheet, that might be quite useful. But it's often like, okay, so you look like your training didn't change too much there, but what else was going on in your life? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I went for that yeah. big bushwalk for over two days and then I got straight into training and yeah. recovery wasn't there or, or yeah, exactly. you were sick at the time. So it's, it's really kind of... Um, key to look at those other big sort of things that are happening in your life and how that can also affect Yeah, and it's just not in here. In the sporting world, it's the same thing. We obviously love our sport, watch our sport, and you see guys going down in the game on the fourth quarter or the you know 90th minute, but people are like, oh, you know, it's injury-prone team, but people forget what the past four weeks looked like and yep. how many away games they've had and what, what you know, how much mm. that a player's played. He's played the whole 90 minutes of the four mm-hmm. quarters. People forget and what their week looked like. Yeah, if they actually ticked off their hundred point recovery system, you know, yep. like you, you don't know. There's there, there's a pictures. It's a bigger picture to just what's happening right now. So it's like, mm. yeah. yeah, I've done my key lifts, done my squats, done my deadlifts, but it's what else is going on that's tapping or filling yeah. up that bucket. So, so for a practical sort of takeaway about how you can manage this yourself, it is I do really recommend people do track um, what what they're doing and so that's going to be you know obviously like what exercise you're doing in the day sets reps but also putting in a like an rpe score so your rate of perceived exertion so basically like how hard did it feel that day and like that way when you look back and you think like okay 80 kilos was kind of fine that week and then the next week it was like Mm. you know my out of 10 score was more like a nine like it was a real battle to do what was you know the same weight and that kind of gives you a good idea about like you know whether or not you are starting to get Mm. um you know kind of fatigue and and, and management going and having those rpe levels are great and you know what to all the you know i want to train hard all the time training hard and training at high loads is actually not the problem it's starting your training and going straight away not to nine or how you get there is the problem Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest issue you have people making your goal like phil said you sign up you want to do a 5k time trial in your first session you're running 5ks yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean it's not how hard you do it it's how you get there yeah so you gotta remember that as well yeah, absolutely. And my my message for to add on to what you guys have just said is my belief is um, always whatever level you're going to train at. So the RPE means rate of perceived exertion. So it's it's subjective. It's for what the unity guys, if you have your spreadsheet, it's going to be perceived rate of exertion. Yeah, PRE, that's right. Yeah, PRE, <laughs> RPE. It depends on where you went to personal training school or physio school. <laughs> 
Same thing though. It's the idea that it's a scale that's subjective. That's this, for me, this is a nine out of ten. The person next to you, it might be a seven out of ten, whatever it is. So it's totally subjective. It's not objective. And the thing is that what I like to say is that always train with quality. So if you consider quality comes in many, many forms, there'll be quality running technique, there'll be quality weightlifting, there'll be quality stretching, whatever it is. Um, and it's when you throw quality out the window in order to increase intensity that this can get a little bit troublesome. Yeah. And I think that goes perfectly into the next point around the difference between macro and micro loading. So what we just talked about there is a pretty good example of macro loading. So we're looking at big picture, how much load are you putting through the different structures. And when we look at microloading, which is the next sort of thing is like, there's different ways in which using your body will load different structures. So that that's where technique really comes into play. So a good example of this person who's just done a whole lot of running, um, you know, getting into 5K, we might figure out like, give him a nice program that uh, now is gonna have recovery days, it's gonna have some days where, um, you know, there's some intervals instead of just constant steady state. Um, so that might be sort of addressed, but then, you know, he's still like, oh, you know, I just keep getting calf pain when I'm running. I'm just really not built for running. And so you might then look at running technique and whether or not he's a four foot runner or a midfoot runner, what shoes they're wearing. And that's going to play into the micro loading. So what's actually, you know, it's not the big picture stuff. It's like the real specifics biomechanics. And, you know, they might get all the kind of macro stuff right. But if they're just running on the tippy toes in bare feet um, on hard ground, then they're going to really have a hard time in their calves. So that's the, this is that next part where technique becomes so, so critical. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and you go, oh, you know, you're running, you're having all these calf injuries. Have, have your calf injuries been addressed? Yeah, I've been doing my calf raises. But yeah. like Phil said, how are you doing calf raises? You know, mm. you know if it's weighted it's unloaded what's the frequency what's the intensity you've got it at so mm. and, and and then where this comes into play in a big way like within uh calf strengthening for example if you're doing it with a straight leg versus a bent leg that's going to have a different impact on which of the muscles of your calves you're working on and so um that's where technique becomes really into into play and understanding the quality of movement and how you're doing things is, is so key and, yeah um, and also when you're talking macro and micro loading that's when this hundred point recovery system really comes in right like that's where we're talking about the macro loading and you know your micro loading within your workout that you know your sets and reps your frequency all of that stuff but well i guess that's um, still macro for me but i think micro loading is going to be about how you're loading the structures technique wise yeah right okay yeah Yeah, so if we're doing a so a, a gym example instead of a running example might be if you've got knee pain in your squat and you've got on your program card you've got like hey squatting on tuesday as we do in unity gym and you're like oh i'm like you know i've had this this knee issue um front of the knee really hurts when i squat then you could look at how you're squatting so maybe like front squats full range are going to be quite aggravating but we can look at doing a low bar squat to Mm -hmm. to parallel and that's going to really unload the knees and load up the hips a bit more Mm -hmm. and that way you can you can be doing what is technically like the same exercise but in a different technique that's really going to improve how you're feeling and so that's where i think it it really pays to pay attention to the quality of movement and and so much of the time in we do our online coaching calls here at uni gym on a friday where people post their videos and i, I feel like i'm a bit of a, a broken record sometimes so i'm like okay be intentional about the end point of your rep like control mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. um can control the movement and like you'll get most of the way there and that's just so key for injuries as well is is really uh looking at quality of movement and um understanding a bit of that biomechanics about how you can yeah 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 for sure so we want to move on to now about talking about overcoming an injury identity and cultivating a performance mindset and how critical that is and and i've got a lot of experience with this phil often uses me as an example of somebody that that got this right and i 
it's it's funny. I just when I was younger and I had my first really bad injury. Uh, so I was 21 and I completely tore the Liz Frank ligament uh, on my right foot. I'm only asking this, Nilesh, because um, when I went to my sports <laughs> doctor, they, they were saying this is not a common injury and, and some people don't even know about this. You know what that injury is, a, a full rupture of the Liz Frank ligament? Have you ever had to deal yep. with that before? Yeah, I've had two. Two of them, really? Two, yeah. yeah, nice, nice. Um, was it a career ender? No, they're, they're still playing. They're still playing? Still kicking. Really? Unfortunately, wow. um, they were told they'll the training years or playing years will be decreased but yep um, able to keep going yeah, yeah. still going nice. playing running 12ks every saturday yep. did they get uh surgery was it surgical intervention did yeah surgical it? intervention yeah, yeah. and then the usual they're like oh i've done a great job in here um but i'm not too sure if you're gonna run again yeah so yeah 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 that's what i was told so my uh surgeon told me you know surgery went really well but your statistics of ever jumping or doing anything like that are really really low and i remember hearing that at at my the, the young age that i was at and just thinking there was this thought that just immediately flicked in my head which was that's not me i'm not an injured person i'm 21 mm. years old i'm not somebody that can't run or can't jump and on the contrary there's people that get told maybe even far less of an injury than that and they adopt this injury identity so do you guys want to talk a little bit about that yeah well that's that's and you know what going back to the amplify example you get told that your amplifiers at 10 don't yep. do it don't walk past me don't touch me yeah. but no no um as we know pe people love identity yep. um people love it we all have one our identity but when you have injury it just people that plays in everyone's mind day to day you know what, oh, I've just squatted. I shouldn't be because I've got this back pain, but I shouldn't be and I've just done it. Yeah. And you just, it, you're just frying this back pain. I've got a slip, like they'll say, I've oh, got yeah, a slip right. disc. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've blown a disc actually. It's, yeah. That's the, and yeah. So, yeah, you guys love that one. Where, well, where, yeah. yeah, where it really comes down to is, is people, you know, when you're not a healthcare professional and you go in and you, you go in and you see someone who gives you, or you get a specific diagnosis. The worst is generally with imaging where you'll get the report back and it'll just be like nonstop Latin words that don't yeah. make kind of sense and then you go and you google something and you're like oh no yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. can go down a bit of a, a, a bit of a google rabbit hole um or sometimes this happens with health professionals with or with doctors who sort of give you um yeah like they give you a diagnosis but then don't put it kind of in the context of like you know how the body heals and how you know humans are really resilient creatures that can you know get back to doing things so uh and 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 what we mean about the identity is people just latch onto that and it becomes such a crutch where they kind of can't move past it and can't yeah. let it go once you know if we when we know about tissue healing we know about like you know strengthening um you know supportive structures to to deal with the injury but people still just kind of latch onto this injury and and, yeah. and really can't get it low and let it go and i think that's where like imaging can become it's like such a useful tool obviously like we need um imaging in certain circumstances but when um people quickly too quickly go to imaging and when it's maybe not uh, uh the right time to do it so I, i'm just going to call out chiropractors right now as people who will often uh you know scan get do an x-ray of the back and uh before they even you know do an assessment just to yeah. look at things the alignment and all of that like that's that can really get in people's heads and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. cause issues. I think on the back of that, I've got two points here. First one, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of fixed mindset, growth mindset. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as yeah. you get a label, like you've got a label, Rad, you're not going to yeah. be able to run, you're not yeah. able to do this. Yeah. Obviously, you, your mindset's very on the growth end, but there's, there's, there's a big percentage of people who be like, nah, 
I've been told this. Yeah. I'm done. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm not squatting. My dad has got a back issue, and yeah, I, I yeah, gave yeah. him. Oh, I didn't give him. It's my genetics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just genetics. I gave him to pick up some kettlebells as you know, um, a patterning thing. No, yeah. shouldn't do that. It's gonna blow my disc again. Um, <laughs> so it gives it puts people in the fixed mindset, and all it does up does is set you to fail. Yeah. Um, and not only that, it causes more pain. As we talked about at that first point with yeah. pain being perceived threat. If you have this threatening condition that's, you know, you've got a name on it, you've seen this, like seen the scans and it's stuck in your head as like, a, mm-hmm. you know, something that's living with your life, like that will cause more pain because you're more threatened by it. And so with the way that we're trying to approach this and really kind of set ourselves a bit differently is if when you come in and get a, and do a session with us, it's not going to be just about like, you know, working on, you know, if you've done an ankle injury, doing some like calf raises and some ankle balance stuff, like we're going to give you a pull-up program because we really want you to move, like take on that athlete mindset of, you know, it's not okay to just stop what you're doing and, and, and just rest. Like we want you to stay engaged in your exercise, stay motivated because that's the most common thing that people don't do their physio exercises because it's boring and because they're just not yeah. like they exactly. lose motivation. Get them in that growth mindset of just getting better. What are you getting better at today? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And so I can I can assure you that while you're doing pull-ups, your ankle won't hurt. Like yeah. <laughs> if you can if you can be yeah. focusing on doing something new, feeling like you're progressing, feeling like you're a stronger you know human every time you mm. you know you turn up to train, then not only will you you know stay fitter and healthier, but you'll also your injury will feel better yeah. because you it won't become such a huge part of your brain. Like when you get really injured, and I've had this before when I like it's all you can think about when you try and do things that you like doing it's totally in your head and the the smaller part of your brain you can make that injury take up the better you'll feel yeah yeah and like you 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 highlighted you know getting a scan and that scan gives you a label a label gives you identity for what injury you have but what we're trying to do here and again like i said it's a revolution we treat the man not the scan yeah you know um and does does, the does man, not the yeah scan. <laughs> <laughs> and and Getting that scan, like, so obviously half, I'm sure half our listeners have gone, you ever had a scan on my back? Yeah. And I, I, I question this to you, what have you done? Has that changed your management? No, you've still done your exercises. Yep. You've still picked up your kid. You, you yep. still sat, like, you, your management will never change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so before you go ask and demand, I want a scan knowing what's going on, you've got to remember it does not change your management. Will it change your management? That's what you ask first. Yeah. Will it change your management? No, you rolled your ankle. Yep. Do I scan it? Yeah, okay. Well, what's it going to give us? Yeah, yeah, I've done this, this. Was it going to change our exercise setup and our treatment? And just model? to be clear, with, not. with like with diagnosis, so much of it does come from just understanding the context questions, what's provoking it. And so there are certain situations where a scan is appropriate, but really like yeah, I think, it's a bit I, of a I, I think I'm very strong in it because I, I'm in the sporting world. So um, we want no answers now. Um, we want to know, know it yesterday and we want to know if he's going to be playing, playing on Saturday. And yeah. that's the biggest argument back and forth i think in nine ten years we still have our coach yeah uh, he goes eyes has been scanned no yeah. but why yeah. oh, well he's still gonna play so yeah. if we scan it what well, if it's negative what well, is yeah. not gonna play or if sure, it's positive sure. is you not gonna play do you nalesh with the guys that you work with so we're talking here just in case you didn't hear the start of this show we're talking the highest level athletes in australia at, at the peak of their uh, of their career and of their performance um, do, do those guys, do you find that they have a, um, do they associate themselves with an injury identity or are they more of that growth mindset when they get injured? Like, are they more on the other end of the spectrum or do they go, oh, well, I'm, I'm injured, I can't do this now? There's definitely that 99% growth. Yeah. It's funny that they function in a different level. They get yeah. injured on Friday and, that, sorry, Saturday night game. They'll call you on a Sunday knowing it's your day off. Hey, yeah. mate, um, so what's tomorrow look like? 
Yeah. Can I get on the bike to do some cardio? I need to yeah. sweat out. Yeah. So it's it's they're on so the other spectrum. Really yeah, yeah. And they keep, push yeah. the boundaries. Oh well, I can't run, but can I get on the elliptical? Can I hop on one leg? Yeah. Can, can, I, can I do something? Can I? <laughs> yeah. get, can I go to the pool? You, yeah. You'll get your request. Can I go do hypoxics? Yeah, yeah. Um, can I get in the pool and you know go for yeah. laps and and the thing yeah. is. That's why they are where they are because yeah, right. they, they push the boundaries of one percenters. And, mm-hmm. um, you know that's what? right. And that is important to say. It's not that they got there and then they developed that mindset. It's that mindset they that got, got them there. there. 100%. And yeah. it goes back to, you know, high lows are not the problem. It's how you get there. And they, yeah. they've all been, you know, obviously educated well enough yep. to be 16, 14 and do the trial games and do those blades, be selected and now mm-hmm. back up and do 30K, 40K mm-hmm. weeks. Yep. on legs you know there's, so. there's so many stories of the people that become the most successful in their field not just in athletics they're not necessarily the most gifted to start with but they're the most tenacious yep. and they're the people that have grit um, you know talent over effort wasn't it no, no effort over talent yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean but there's so many books there's a there's a book by Angela Duckworth called Grit that I was just looking at in our bookshelf there looking at all the books that I've read um, that is a really good example of that um, she calls grit it's the combination of persistence and hard work mm-hmm. and yep. that equals grit and um, she talks about like you know grit is a factor in success in most people not yep. necessarily talent you yeah. know, which is really yeah. cool and so a practical takeaway for you guys for anyone who's watching like if you are working with us or with any other physio like ask what else you can be doing so you know if you do have a, a shoulder injury or an elbow injury like Stephen Pellegrino is talking about here like you know uh, what you know what else can you be can you can you working on what else will kind of get you moving towards like your bigger picture goals so yeah. um yeah it's just so key yeah. to to that's how you move on past the injury yeah. identity yeah and if we round up this uh this amazing show um just for the last topic before we give our final thoughts um so why is it that you guys teach that rest isn't best and that motion is lotion well, if you think about that bucket analogy before the bucket and tap or the or the schooner, um, <laughs> is, is basically if you if you if the old school approach of like just resting your injuries is is your go to, then just think about what's happening to that bucket every time you you know stop doing anything for two weeks. Like that bucket's going to shrink. So that means that then by the time you get back to doing what you want to do, uh, that when you turn that tap on, if you don't. That means that you have to turn on that tap a whole lot less, otherwise you're going to overflow your bucket. But most people don't do that. They think I'm going to have two weeks rest, and then I'm going to get straight back to doing uh, what I like, and you know maybe even a bit harder because uh, I've had some time off. And so what happens then is you have this awful spiral of like overloading your bucket. Then you take more time off, the bucket shrinks, and then that's how you fall out of an exercise habit. So um, what is key with this motion is lotion idea is that you really like you you want to keep moving. That will help your perceived threat of movement. That will keep your um, and that will keep your bucket big, and that will have the best t- long-term results. And we'll we'll keep you out of that injury mindset yeah, as well. Yeah, keep you in so performance yeah, mindset. And load it, load is king, you know. Like, and it's all mindset, and you feel good. How is it when you get up at six in the morning, have a coffee, go for a jog? Yep. You hated the start first five minutes, but you yep. wrap up and choose at six forty-five, and I've ticked off one thing of my day. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't know how you guys are, but oh, sometimes when I sleep in, I go, I've could have done two different things. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> mindset as well. It. I know it's a bit of a left topic now, but it's it's mindset that gets you there as well and that gets you out of that identity you want to label yourself with yep. yeah yeah absolutely 100 percent. and then like just on that sort of negative spiral like if you start to have that sort of you know you start sleeping in more and you stay up later then your sleep kind of goes to crap and then maybe you you know your eating doesn't go so well and then you suddenly yeah your recovery yeah. sort of not there as well then that yeah. and then that plays into we'll go into deeper in the pain science next week about like your sort of systemic um like factors that increase your pain and then that can actually make you then more painful the, the other thing is with 
um, and with passive structures. So your your bones are getting some joints. If your muscles aren't doing as much work, and that's what happens when you when you just rest, then that's going to then yep. like load them more and cause more pain. So yep. we just want to really make sure that um, that people get that idea that you know you, there's always something you can be doing, and I, that's why I was so drawn to the Unity program. Is like for every single exercise, there's a regression and a progression. There's that you can still be doing something that is like you know that will fit that. Um, that movement for the day, so in horizontal push pull or in your, um, you know, your your deadlift patterns or your calisthenics movements, there's always like a slightly easier version you can do, and that's just so perfect for rehab. Is if you can just come in, find your right level, um, and and stay engaged with the program, then you're gonna have great results. And, and you're bulletproofing yourself in every way with yep. the basic fundamentals, the most advanced fundamentals. So yep. I think you guys do that really well. Yeah. Look, my personal experience of working with both of you guys um, to help rehabilitate injuries is that. In the past, when I've gone to when I've been injured and I didn't know the solution, and I went, you know, as a as a person that has an injury and that goes to a physio that wants to get that injury rehabilitated, for me, I go there because I'm like, shit, I don't know what's going on, and I've got an injury and it's preventing me from doing what's better, and I want to feel better. And before working with you guys, I'd never worked with people that can actually on one hand put their hands on me and make me feel better in ways that nobody else has by doing things like working on areas releasing things that would have never added up to why I'm causing feeling pain to give me short-term relief but then who give me um, a strategy of do this exercise for X amount of weeks and then do this one and then this one and see if that improves and it really really works and before knowing that, even being a personal trainer who, who really knows how to write programs, I did not know how to strategize coming out of an injury. And I've come out of some really nasty injuries with both of your help. So if you're if you're listening to this and, 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 and all of this doesn't really make sense to you and you want to know how to put it all together, then I highly recommend that you get in touch with these guys. You can go to adpt.com, uh, is dot it? Physio. Dot physio. adpt.physio. I highly recommend that you do it. My my um, basic mindset around this is that a stitch in time saves nine, and I really like to uh, you know to get on top of uh, a good strategy early on in you, you know the uh, the injury um, uh, onset uh, the onset of injury or the onset of symptoms. That's that's my personal opinion. So. I hope you guys got something out of that. To wrap this up, though, let's uh, let's all have our um, final thoughts. You know, in sixty seconds or less, what do you think, Nilesh, is probably the most important thing? Because this is, you know, we've just gone through a really, really good strategy. But even somebody uh, or a really good macro understanding of what the basic concepts of the five points of what you guys like to get people to understand is, but. Um, even for me, who's heard this stuff before, I still have to think, okay, that's what that means and that's how I apply it. So uh, if you've never listened to this before, there's probably a lot of listeners that just heard all of that and just went, oh my God, that's so much to think about. What do you think, what would be your take-home thoughts from this, Nalash? I think my biggest take-home point, it's going to be a bit left-field consistency, consistency in the key. Like, it's keep training, yep. keep doing, because that's going to bring your pain science levels down. Yep. And then that's going to keep your load management, You know, keep your bucket the size you want it to be and makes you bulletproof for the next part so yeah definitely awesome. consistency is the key love it yeah cool. love it um yeah i actually wanted to spend this time just to talk a bit about like you know why we're sort of taking this this approach and how and maybe why you haven't had this approach from other physios and i think it's a really challenging um the healthcare space is really challenging in a private sort of setting and so what becomes like you know when business decisions are made around uh how do we see this patient as many times as possible mm. and as make as much money per patient? Like you, you totally understand as a business why people generally 
try and keep you a bit in the dark and maybe a bit reliant on short-term pain strategies through manual therapy and you know maybe a TENS machine or something like that. But yeah, what we're really trying to do here is give you the tools that you can understand this. So I guess the takeaway is like educate yourself and we're gonna keep trying to provide that education for you. So, you know, our plan here is to really cap our time at seeing only a few patients um, per week and then spend the rest of the time is, yeah, basically following in you guys' footsteps of, of just getting as much good content out there as possible and having some, you know, some products that really help people put this together. So, yep. Um, yep. yeah, watch this space. And yeah. um, if you do have any, like, particular questions, like where we're, we've got some plans about what we're working on first as to, um, you know, injuries and, and different challenges that people have. But if you do have any ideas of things that you really want to see, then uh, please get in contact. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you can always um, tune in weekly with these guys on our Facebook group, the UMS Movement Mastermind, uh, and they are available um, through that group if you want to ask a question when they can get to it. Yeah, and with uh, people uh, who are watching online, uh, yeah, we do online consultations. Obviously, yeah. if you're from America, we've talked about this before, but unfortunately, the laws are such that we can't work with you. Uh, but do you know, anybody else in the world, else? Uh, it's a highly valuable experience. Some of the... Um, some of the best uh, rehabilitation strategies that I've had have been from conversations with Phil, from literally just sitting down and talking to him and having him available because he works here with me and just asking questions and him saying, well, this is actually blah, 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 and made me go, okay, well, I'll change my training to incorporate that. So I want you to think that that I found extremely valuable. So if you're thinking, well, what can a physio do for me online? I'm telling you firsthand a lot. They can do a lot for you by just talking to you, looking at the way that you move, um, asking you questions about the way that you feel and what causes things and then giving you strategies. And all, all you have to do is be a proactive person that has that growth mindset who's willing to put in play the, um, the strategies that you're given. So thanks so much, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I Thank hope you. Uh, I hope you listeners uh, got something valuable out of that. If you've gotten to the end of this podcast and you haven't done so already, subscribe uh, to make sure that you get notified every time we upload these podcasts and if you're watching on youtube uh subscribe to our channel click the notification bell so you know when we go live and come and join the ums yeah. movement mastermind facebook and if you group. do want to deeper dive into each of those topics then you know yanni will be back in next week and rad will yeah, be we're here gonna, and we're we'll going to be going deeper each yep. and if we're lucky we might so. even get an alash in for one of those shows so yep. can't wait guys yep. have a great day everyone we'll see you soon health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there we'll start focusing on movement goals strength goals flexibility goals when you nail that skill it's there forever the body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there it's not the intensity there's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.